The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. The first uh, fireworks competition, I think it's the first one, are about to begin. I'm always jumping out of my skin when I hear the booms. So you may hear it in the background. I don't know. I can I can actually see them from my window here. The bridge is right behind us. Uh, coming up on the program, our kink panel, we are going to talk about sexual satisfaction in BDSM, I want to uh, I want to share with you results of a study uh, on mental health and sexual satisfaction within the BDSM community. So, if you don't know what BDSM is, it uh, stands for bondage, discipline, um, domination, submission, masochism. Uh, so, we'll have our panel here if you have any questions for them at all. But first. Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at 514-800. And that's right. You can text me anytime with your questions, and you can certainly email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. Here are a couple of questions for you. How do I tell my rather conservative partner that I want to try adventurous things in bed? And they add, like swinging and threesomes. To me, those are... Like adventurous things in bed, plus, you know, talking about having more people involved in your relationship might be a little bit different than just trying things between uh, the two of you. But if it's something that interests you, you want to first kind of bring up the subject with your partner without scaring them. So you might say, hey, I uh, I read this, uh, the, this story uh, last night about you know, you could be a, you could say I read a sexy story and then here's what the fantasy was. What do you think about that? Um, do you, is it something that would turn you on? This is how I felt about it. Or I heard this topic on passion the other night. What do you think about this? Uh, so be able to kind of discuss things with your partner. Obviously you have to be able to have sexual uh, conversations and maybe share what is it that excites you about particular activities or thoughts or fantasies. And it may be that uh, your partner has no interest at all in attending either a swinging party or having um, a threesome, but it, you can still integrate that into your bedroom by role-playing. So role-playing it Talking about fantasies is another good way uh, to spice things up. On the other end of the spectrum, I feel like I could quite happily never have sex again. How can I uh, fix this? So that's interesting because you say you could happily never have sex again, meaning you're not, you don't seem to be concerned about it. But then on the other hand, how can I fix this tells me I'm not so sure you're happy about it, that it's something that you want to do. So the first thing you need to do is have a thorough examination uh, by your doctor. We want to look at hormones, any hormonal changes, any medications that maybe are causing a, a, a loss of libido, any illnesses. You want to evaluate the stress in your life, any anxieties, things like that. So you want to look at 
Is there an underlying cause? If there isn't, then we look at the psychological part of it. So what you want to do is certainly boost your connection to your partner, but without sex at first. So you would, because what ends up happening to couples when they stop having sex, they also often stop being intimate. Uh, intimate means just touching, sharing, closeness, connection, all of that. So they miss that connection. So get back to connecting with your partner. You can start off with non-sexual touches, hugging, and um, just closeness and cuddling, and then move on to uh, kissing and holding hands and stroking and massaging, all of that, because that touch actually creates, uh, releases the bonding hormone, the oxytocin, uh, in your brain, which gives you that feeling of uh, connection with your partner. And then, so you, you work to the, from the non-sexual touch the, to the more sexual touch and eventually to full on, uh, to full on sex. But, uh, really if you want help, like if this doesn't work for you, go see a therapist uh, couples who go and talk about sexuality with a sex therapist or a specialist in this area have a really show really great improvement in their overall relationship, and it does work. But you need a space, a, a safe space, where you can actually talk about all of this, um, all of this stuff openly and without any judgment whatsoever. I'm scared my partner is losing interest in me. How can I uh, tell? So I'm not sure if this is a, a new relationship or an old relationship, but certainly if your partner is like not taking a lot of time or making time uh, to see you, if they're not showing an interest in your life, if they're not planning anything in the future, that might be... Um, a sign. So I don't, but again, in the beginning stages, it's kind of normal to wonder about all of this stuff. Uh, but you want to want to see how, like, is this a pattern? If this is a pattern and they seem to be not all that interested, then listen to your gut, listen to your gut about this. And, um, or, and if you can't talk about it, that's another problem. So you want to be able to talk about openly uh, what's going on. Remember that people express their love for each other and feelings in very different ways. So a good book for that is The Five Languages, The Five Love Languages uh, by uh, Gary Chapman, which is an amazing book because it describes all the different ways that we give and receive lo uh, love. Uh, and there are many ways. It's not always about just saying, I love you. It could be acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, uh, gift giving, things like that. So there are different ways that people learn how to uh, express it. <laughs> this is a cute uh, email I got. First, how do you know all this stuff about sex? person wants to know. Uh, I've been listening to you since I was 15 years old and you helped me make the right decisions in life so far. And yeah, thanks for all of your help. Um, thank you. So how do I know all this stuff about sex? Well, I studied a lot, many years of university, attend a lot of conferences, 
reading a lot of books, looking at a lot of scientific journals. This is what my life is. I spend my time doing that. And of course, seeing um, over the years, thousands upon thousands of clients, patients with sexual problems. So you get to know quite a bit. And uh, that's how I know. 514-800 if you want to text in any questions that you have for me. And certainly if you have questions about kink or uh, BDSM, then I would be very happy to pass that on to our panel who can certainly address it probably uh, better than uh, better than me. I've been good friends with this guy. Uh, in the last few months, he's been telling me how he sleeps with this married person. Then he wants to meet someone for a serious relationship. He knows I'm in love with him, but does nothing. Last week, he told me that when he first met me, he knew we would only be friends. I'm upset because I waited uh, a year and a half. He waited a year and a half to tell me this. He said that he never gave me any indication of anything happening with us. Now I've not spoken to him for a couple of weeks because I'm upset, but I miss him very much. I want to call him, but I know nothing will happen between us. What should I do? Uh, I don't mean to be harsh here, but this guy is not interested in you for more than friendship, period. And I know I'm being a, a rather blunt on this, and maybe you're hoping for something else, but you need to let him go, and you need to move on and stop wasting your time. Uh, if you're looking for a serious relationship, that's not the guy you're going to have that with. So stop wasting all of your time and energy on someone who's not giving it back to you uh, and move on to someone who actually will be interested in having a relationship with you. Coming up, uh, we'll talk about sexual satisfaction in BDSM. Who seems to have better mental health? Uh, is it the dominance, the submissives? Well, this stu Italian study uh, gives you gives us a, an idea. So I'll share that with our King panel. That's coming up. to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. When you hear the term BDSM, I'm sure many people have asked themselves, are these people sane or what? Uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you that more than sane, <laughs> uh, probably in better mental health than the average population, according to multiple studies now, and there's a new study that was posted uh, that was shared uh, from the end of May 2019, an Italian study that confirmed what, I mean, I've been sharing these studies for, for you know, years. Whenever they come up, I share them, uh, that uh, confirmed again the uh, the mental wellness, let's say, and the um, sexual satisfaction of practitioners. I want to get into that. With my panel tonight, we have our kink panel. Uh, we have Pierre and Catherine of BDSMCircle.com. Hello. We Hello. have Gary Major, who is a longtime kinkster into body modification. He, you can find him at Mr. Bear, a fetish store 
in the village. Uh, so welcome back to the program, guys. Always a pleasure having you. <laughs> Always a Thank pleasure. You. I always learn so much, <laughs> so much. Uh, all right, let me share this study, and then I want to get some of your thoughts on this, because this is the science side. You guys are the practitioner side, and this is the science side, and then you can tell me how it all applies in, in your life. So there was a, a recent study that examined sexual satisfaction and functioning among BDSM practitioners and found that not only do practitioners appear to be well-adjusted, some, particularly those who prefer the dominant role, appear to be more satisfied with their sexuality than non-practitioners. Like they don't. They don't actually talk about the reasons why. It could very well be that there's certain personality traits that are conducive to uh, to good mental health as well. We we don't quite know why. Um, but the study recruited uh, basically uh, 141 men who were BDSM practitioners, 125 women, and they found that people engaged in a wide range of practices, but the most prevalent fell in the category of dominance and submission. 90% of the men and women had engaged in uh, dominance and uh, submission. And then when they talk about S&M or sadism, masochism practices, those were actually quite noticeably less uh, prevalent in both, uh, in both men and women. Uh, but uh, practices involving physical pain, giving or, re- or receiving, were popular with both men at 73% and women at 90%, <laughs> uh, with women having a significantly higher uh, preference. And they go on to, to break it down um, even further. They even talked about pony play, that there were niche practices, and we've talked about pony play here or the pup uh, community. Uh, so there's really what they found was that there are all kinds, enormous diversity, enormous creativity within the BDSM community that f- far exceeds that in the um, non, like non-kink community. So what are your thoughts on this, Gary? Well, I think for the most part, it's. Uh, I think that like, once you start opening your mind and opening your allowing yourself to experiment and allowing yourself to kind of uh, 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 play out your fantasies everything else kind of falls into place not completely but you're you 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 kind of feel more calm you kind of feel more relaxed you you don't feel so pent up and worried and and um, you know anxious and depressed and because you're hiding things anymore you're mm-hmm. able to start opening up to your partners to people and so it's once you start experimenting the rest of it kind of easily falls into place because you're able to really let the other things that you were hiding or that you were worried about come out as well too because you're in more safer spaces with people that you feel more comfortable with which uh, makes sense then that would increase mental uh, wellness Mm -hmm. and would also increase sexual satisfaction oh absolutely yeah yeah as well as creativity and everything else in their lives because once you're kind of allowing yourself to be open you can be open to everything in your life right I can also see the creativity part when we talked, we've talked about role playing here and dressing up and costumes and like the sky's the limit, right? Mm -hmm. When you can, when you start turning the, your, your bedroom into this uh, play area, I guess, where you can be anything you want to be. Well, you know, I I think what what Gary says is, is a hundred percent right. But I also think part of uh, the reason they may be happier is because you you have to be pretty self-aware and you have to have thought about 
yourself what you like in sexuality instead of just kind of going with the flow. If you want sustainable BDSM, you have to talk, you have to negotiate, you have to have aftercare. And and so you can't just kind of, you know, okay, we're going to go and have vanilla sex. You basically know what's going to happen and it's all good, right? Yet you have yeah. to do more negotiation. And because of that, you kind of look into yourself. You also look into the other person. You've got to have more of a meeting of the minds, which I think that that's going to be happier in the end. Because those are also very important skills. You're talking about um, really mental health skills. Like Mm -hmm. when you talk about openness, talking, communicating your needs, setting boundaries. Boundaries, Like if we just look at the general, forget in the sex world, just in the, your general day-to-day living, if you're able to set boundaries, especially in the bedroom, chances are you're probably good at setting boundaries with people in general. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. is a, a sign of good mental health. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. There's two that as a person, you have to be comfortable with who you are. Um, you cannot do be an alternative sexuality if... You're not sure of yourself or not sure about what you're doing because I'm sorry you to say it like up. this, but it's going to make become a problem for you. We we always talk when a let's say fetishist is good and when it's not in a good situation. Mm-hmm. Alternative sexuality is the same. You have to be aware, comfortable of who you are at start. And yes, everything else you mentioned, you're right, but sometimes we see people that are into BDSM that shouldn't be. Who are those that shouldn't be? Um, the easy example is some missive who is in BDSM because they believe they are a bad person. Oh, okay. They want to be punished. They want to be punished. I mean, so there's like a, a, a psychological like problem. Deeper. Uh, yeah. But that isn't your average BDSM practitioner. No, and we will not accept to have somebody like this, let's say, submitting to us because you're going in front of huge problems. And it's the same on the on the flip side as well too. You get a lot. You get dominants that are only out to hurt. Yeah, mm. not out like, to like sadistic. You're yeah, talking and not about. not even sadistic in the because sadism is beautiful and sadism is wonderful Flexion. if it's if it's controlled and it's 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 respected and it's boundary. Right. Um, but there are people that get into it thinking that they can just hurt people and walk away. That mm-hmm. it's all about their needs and their satisfaction and their. Uh, and then who cares that's exactly it it's the same thing and the problem is is some of sometimes those people find the sata or find the 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 submissives that are looking for that because they think they need to be the vulnerables yeah there are some doms who just want to be feel better than others so they'll think that because they're a dominant now, everybody has to respect me. Everybody has to do what I say. Everybody, like now, I'm I'm like God, right? Mm. And sounds like narcissistic. Personality. Well, there are there, yes, there are absolutely. you certainly get narcissist uh, and, and the personalities and people who are, you know, egotistical maniacs that will want to be doms. Just they they just want someone so that they can feel bigger or more powerful. Whereas. You know, if it's if it's done what I consider right, so to speak, is it's a symbiotic relationship with the the submissive, right? You know, but some people are just they want to be nasty, and that's it. And I guess you're going to find those in any oh, absolutely, any and, one, and, <laughs> and 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 as well become with the popularity of things, there becomes 
that happens a lot more. You'll see a lot of people coming into a community um, for the wrong reasons because they see the popularity of it and they want to be pop- be part of the popularity. It happens, like, unfortunately, Dane isn't here to speak about the pup community, mm-hmm. but as a person that also is involved in that community as a uh, an admirer, um, I see it a lot where you see a lot of people that come in, um, even like as handlers or as pups, coming into it thinking that it's a, like it's a completely different thing than what it is. It's like the popular thing to do, mm, but they okay. don't realize that even as a handler, you still are responsible for another being. Person. I'm thinking back of where when it goes wrong, like with the whole Jen Gameshi thing yep. and where he, you know, he was whatever punched the girl and 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 then cla- and then said and choked then and, that it was and then said that it was part of S&M but the girl the girl had claimed it wasn't consensual and mm-hmm. so there wasn't that negotiation and no. so I don't want to I'm not sitting here in judgment I don't know the the you know every detail of that case but nonetheless I can see where it can it can cross that line and that's uh that's quite dangerous um we are talking with uh, our kink panel tonight, Pierre and Catherine of BDSM Circle, and Gary Major is here, all the kinksters in the house. So if you have questions, thoughts, we're talking about the, the mental wellness or mental health of uh, BDSM practitioners, and uh, you might be surprised, but the uh, vast majority um, are quite, uh, when compared to the, uh, let's say, regular population, vanilla <laughs> population, are in fact healthier mentally and and sexually. So very interesting study. And this is confirms other studies as well. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Our kink panel tonight discussing uh, mental health, and actually studies show, this last one again, uh, that uh, practitioners of BDSM show a mental health advantage. But when we break it down, talking to this panel, uh, Gary and Pierre and Catherine, we we can see why if we break down the elements of what it takes to be in the community in terms of boundaries we talked about, uh, being able to have open discussions, letting yourself free to explore different things, um, negotiating, compromising, like all of these things, all of these skills that you need to have to do this. Are life skills. They're life skills, exactly. And so it makes kind of perfect sense that, mm-hmm. but uh, isn't it the skill that any couple must have to <laughs> you would hope so <laughs> no but, but Pierre, then, then if that, that was put, the case that would, would put me out, out of a job yeah, yeah, thank thanks Gary that's exactly it I would be out of a job uh, so these are the skills that I teach it's true right so yeah. just to 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 average couples that are experienced that that don't know how to have that sexual communication also so and now, how, now we know your secret yeah <laughs> talking about all these things but you know you just brought it to you just made it clear how all of those are elements essential elements of uh 
uh, of the the BDSM, a healthy BDSM. Yeah, the, yeah, of healthy BDSM because we did talk about the unhealthy. It's not to say that there aren't people. By the way, on both ends, right? Absolutely. Whether they they're kink kinksters or they practice kink or they're they practice vanilla, mm-hmm. you're going to have bad apples. Yeah. In, in either way. So mm-hmm. it's not, uh, but according to studies anyway, when they look at practitioners who agreed to take part in the study, that's what they found. Uh, so let me share this, uh, this text. Interesting study. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and recently came to the realization that I am a control freak. I have also done light bondage and now more interested in being the dom than being the submissive, which I used to prefer. Yet, I prefer to dominate a non-submissive man rather than the ones who say they are submissive because it is more of a challenge. Also, I don't like when a sub tells me what to do to them because it feels like they are in control. On the flip side, I have fantasies about being dominated by an aggressive man who can hold me down. So what do you make of this? I mean, I don't know. They're they're just sharing, I suppose. Well, sure. you know what? You can do role play where it's it. Yes, it's a submissive person who's pretending not to be, and you can do a role play to to have the challenge. Okay, as far as them telling you what to do, well, in reality, if you're doing it healthy, they have a safe word and can stop it. So. The, the sub is in control to a certain extent. They can say, no, this is not okay. This ends. And they can and, have boundaries. They can yep. say, I well, don't want to do, do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. However, that doesn't mean that, like, if I was in a scene, I would appreciate a play-by-play, and they're telling me what to do. I'd have an issue with that. Okay. Whereas you can have a boundaries, you know, you you can do A, B, and C, but please don't do D. Right. And so within the scene, I I will have, like, I'll know what's okay to do and stuff, but they don't actually tell me what to do. I'll know that certain activities are pre-negotiated. Right. And you can get around it that way. If if you have a, a, a submissive that's now saying, oh, well, now use that. And now I want you to do this here. I mean, yes, there's certainly... You want their input, but I'm not a monkey that that's being told what to do. So, right. Um, any other thoughts on that? <coughs> not really. It, uh, you need to know what's happening with your submissive when you're doing something. The feedback is really important. Uh, she's uncomfortable, or a rope is pulling too much on this side, or she's pinching there. That's really important to know. But like Catherine said. If she's if they start to go well, you're going to do this to me. If that they're directing me. the scene, uh, there's exactly. a difference. And I love the wording. You know, we're talking role play. The scene, it's like the, like you're actually directing a play. Sure. <laughs> you know, you're you're doing something that is an acting of something, mm-hmm. in a way. Well, yeah, right? it's a role play. Sure, right. Uh, someone wants to know, are there more badasses in BDSM versus n- a quote-unquote normal sex people? I'm betting it's about the same no matter what. And I would say, yeah. It's What's a badass? I believe, I believe. I guess what we were talking about before was going in it for the wrong reasons. Well, no, I think I think badass, like you can take badass as, a, as, a, as, as someone that's like, you know, good at what they're doing. Like, I'm a badass at, you know, sewing. Oh, okay. Or I'm a badass right. at, you know, getting flogged. Or I'm a badass at this. Or you can take it that way, where badass is like a bad apple. A bad apple, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. To so me, it, badass yeah. is more of a confidence thing than it is a bad Yeah, thing. right. Yeah. And, I, and one of the traits that they found, like, of dominance 
is the fact that there is more confidence and they there they have all of that so which is another reason why there may be more uh, uh, mental wellness and and uh, more sexual satisfaction well, so he just wrote back no I meant more in a bad way so yeah. okay. bad apple okay yeah. I would yeah. say there's probably bad apples like in every community in every sect of the world Anywhere. there's bad apples everywhere Anywhere. So, yeah. people get well it's just like people in in the you know, regular community who might sexually yeah. assault mm-hmm. or who, I mean, mm-hmm. it would be the same thing, who Absolutely. get their joys of hurting other people mm-hmm. sexually, they might just as well do it there. I mean, you're going to find mm-hmm. that under the guise of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. BDSM. So, I mean, I think the key is you you we everybody has to be cautious like oh, whatever partners you meet and if they don't have the skills that you are that you need like these skills of of boundaries setting boundaries and negotiating and and all that if you find that they don't have them stay away yeah mm-hmm. if they can't if you're not comfortable enough to talk about it you shouldn't be doing it's a it problem right big one question but do you think they get more out of control more often do you think that people who are practitioners of bdsm tend to lose more control i, I wouldn't nope. I wouldn't no no so. no in fact you need to be in control you need to be in control for instance if i have a submissive that is tied anyway uh, i have her end or her, her life and my ends mm-hmm. if i'm not all there if i make a mistake or i'm going to go further if i'm stoned or if i'm drunk this is dangerous right you have to be in control totally. Right. And I, I think he's thinking more of the, the bad apples. You know, yeah. the bad apples there that, are, that there losing are control. But just like bad apples in the non-king community who lose well, control of them, themselves you know, but too. If yeah. they don't, if, they, if the submissive cannot stop it, it's abuse. Right. Yep. I think that's, that's a very that's the big bottom thing. line. If, if the submissive can't say... Give a signal, give a safe word, give something. This is too much. I, I'm, I'm done. Then, then it's abuse, and it keeps going. Then there's an issue. Yeah, and you can call the police. Yeah, <laughs> which brings yeah. then it, then it, then it yeah. really, really is uh, abuse. Uh, coming up, we'll ask this question. Somebody uh, wrote in asking about uh, they're new to the scene. They're new to being a dominant, but they're with a submissive partner who's much more experienced. How does that work out? So we'll address that. With Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Tonight it's our kink panel, as you can guess from uh, the music. Pierre and Catherine of BDSMCircle.com. Everything you need to know about BDSM is found on that site, pretty much. Around since the beginning of the internet. (laughs) And have collected, I don't know, a thousand pages of information or more. Uh, it's yeah. really like the fullest site I know of. I just wish we had more time sometime for, to answer people. I know. Well, that's it. It's just the two of you running the ship. And so, and you both have regular jobs, yeah. uh, everyday jobs. And this is, a, this is a side gig. Yeah. And you'd be doing this full time. <laughs> uh, we also have Gary Major, who is a longtime uh, kinkster. He's, I wish you could just see how, what, what a, beautiful man this is <laughs> with all of his uh 
his body art. Uh, you could, but you could, you could go look at it. Go, just go take a look at uh, Mr. Bear, right <laughs> in the village, absolutely. so that you work there, like you're there during the week. Pretty much, yeah, eleven to five, uh, Monday to Friday. And that's a fetish store uh, in the village, and he joins us uh, every month. And we'll we'll give a shout out to Dane, who's not here, but he's the advocate for the the pup community, also a longtime uh, kingster who usually joins us. But hey, you'll get to meet them all. By the way, when we do our uh, 20th anniversary, I haven't actually talked about that, but we're going to do a big gathering um, here at the station, and we're going to ha- you guys are going to have a booth, so you <laughs> people are going to be able to go directly to you and ask you questions, and you're going to show them the stuff and and all of that, all the things that you've been talking about. So that'll be fun. That's coming up at the end of August, so we're going to have fun doing that. But let me get this. Um, so there's some somebody who wrote in right yep. to you, Pierre. I uh, was in French, so I'm not going to read it. But uh, basically, what it said is that they were new. To the they just discovered this about themselves that they like being a dominant. Yeah. Uh, and they met with a submissive who had way more experience. experience than they did. Yep. And what was the confusion for this person? That that person was thinking or believing that she's was no longer controlling the relationship because. Mm-hmm. Basically, the submissive was... Oh, just what we were saying, telling her what to do. Telling her what to do. Uh And she she wanted to be safe. She wanted to make sure that she was doing the right thing. And she wrote us. And basically, the conversation we had was basically about finding what are your needs. What do you want from this relationship? And from there, direct that relationship to get what you want and hopefully to get what the sum, give the submissive what he needs. But sometimes I'm imagining if you're new to the community or new to this, you've d- newly discovered, oh, you know what, I really kind of like this, you don't actually know what you need because you don't know what there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't know what, what you don't know what you don't know. Like you've got to discover, discover, right? Yeah. You've got to, this is that process. So I think what she was talking about is like she needs time to discover, like to go slowly, to, to find yes. this process. Well, and it can be intimidating too. If you're supposed to be the one that's in control and you have someone who's much more experienced than you are, it can be very intimidating for, for a lot of beginner doms. I'll tell you, it's a lot easier for a beginner femdom than it is a male dom. No, you know, and that's one of the reasons that so many male doms, so, so many, will <laughs> lie about how many years of experience they have. You know, we'll meet them, like we'll meet them and they're brand new and a year later they've been in it for 10. It's amazing. Um, are you saying all men are liars? I'm saying that <laughs> I'm... Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that ones that we've met new, I bet you well over 50% will inflate their experience within a year or two. Okay, that's not any different than men inflating their numbers. <laughs> true <laughs> enough. True enough. But there's a thing where the you know you want someone's experience. They know what they're doing and everything. But you know they got to start somewhere. Yeah, it would be you nice know? for people to be honest and to say exactly. Well, I'm, I'm we're we're learning this, and discovering but... together. It's it's fantastic. Well, as a submissive who has a lot of years of experience, I have met quite a few doms in my time who are new coming in, and to me, it's like it's a unicorn. It's exciting. It's so exciting. When they're new, it's when exciting? When they're new. Okay. Yeah, it's so much fun. Because not only do you get to, uh, as someone that's been doing this for a long time and who was kind of brought up 
by an older generation of men who had more experience and knew the roles and knew the 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 rules, the regulations, the proper techniques. I've kept those going. Whereas a lot of people coming up nowadays are learning the new techniques that are kind of the fast track and they don't know the history of it. There's so a, there's to, a fast track BDSM. Well, yeah, it's called it's you know going online. It's learning, oh, watching right, a right, YouTube right. video right, right, and right. thinking you're a sim, thinking, oh, thinking you're, a pro- you're an expert already. Yeah, yeah, by one video or one 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 class. What? Whereas what? coming up, I've I've learned these things from people that learn these things from people that learn these things and continuously. So able to teach this you know twenty yeah. something or thirty something newly into the community, the little intricacies to help them grow is. To me, it's a wonderful experience. So they take that from, since you're the submissive, they take it from you? Like yeah, because it's all, about presentation. It's all okay. about presentation. I mean, I'm certainly not sitting down and going, okay, little boy, this is what you're <laughs> going to do. <laughs> I'm presenting it in a way like, let's explore. I have this knowledge. Let's let's make you into the person you want to okay. be. So you have a conversation. Before you ever get into it, you're actually oh, sitting down, yeah. talking. Yeah. You know, it's almost like drawing up a contract. Oh, you know? absolutely. It's like, here, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Huh? That's because Gary's, yeah, Gary's a smart, smart cookie. That's why. Yeah. And... He doesn't just, you know, put his life out there. His life is worth a little something there. But I, I also credit the fact that I did come up in a community that took care of me. So right. I didn't, I wasn't yeah. thrust into something or I didn't learn from right. bad people. So you're I learned doing from a the wonderful, same, you're doing yeah. the same thing. You're mentoring oh, other people yeah. in the same sure. way. Yeah. I have a couple of texts here. I had a girlfriend two years older than me and wanted me to talk dirty to her during sex. I did, but it wasn't my thing. Although I was very good at it. Well, you know what? That's role playing. This is what we call role playing. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be your thing, but if you know that you're doing something that is turning on your partner, you're putting on a role. You're Mm -hmm. pretending, even if it's not the word, you know, you're, you're acting Mm -hmm. those words, right? So I think that's, that's a very good example of what role playing actually is. And you know what? That's great because there are times when, you may do something for a partner that isn't necessarily your thing, but it's it's wonderful to make their dreams come through. Yeah, and that's in any community. Uh, one last question, which I think Gary will be able to answer. What exactly is a bear and a pup? <laughs> Mr. Bear. Oh, here we go again. Well, Mr. Bear, uh, no, actually, uh, a bear really is, uh, like the, the basic definition is, is a larger male who is hairy. Now, okay. there is different variances of that, of course, but a generic term would be a larger man who is hairy. It doesn't have to be, uh, it's not a, a, a thing about a orientation. Gay, it, no, it's okay. definitely not a gay straight thing. It's okay. definitely just a larger set male that is hairy. And with a pup, a pup it can also be a younger person who is eager, or it can be a, a person that is into pup play. Okay, so Appropriate. that's the difference. So somebody who's into bears would be someone who's into actual humans yeah. that are just big and hairy. Big and hairy, yeah. Okay, so those are humans. Because that yeah. question came up before, too, where they thought that they had to dress as a bear. But no, that's no, not no, what no, we're no, talking no, about. No, we're no. talking about the actual... That's furries. Where that's, that's furries, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas a pup actually can dress up in... In, in, in gear, yeah. Gear, in, yeah. in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this text writes back. It made me feel especially weird, though, when she talked about let's pretend with the dildo that there's another guy. So she she here was trying to, fa- you know, sure. play out a fantasy or just the pretend part and talking about her fantasies. I say good. That sounds like good uh, sexual communication. Yeah. If you can, if you can talk about that, she fe- and she felt comfortable <laughs> yeah. talking to him. So that's a good sign that she felt comfortable sharing that with you. Absolutely. 
Well, that's uh, that comes to the end of our uh, kink panel tonight. Thank you so much. Yes, always fun to have you guys. So uh, Gary can be found at uh, Mr. Bear, Fetish Store in the Village. Pierre and Catherine can be found at BDSMCircle.com, which you uh, you can email them, but you might have to wait a while because they're very busy. <laughs> Send them to me. We'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners and, and all of your texts. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Brian Callisar, of course, our wonderful technical producer. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next, the CTV National News. Wishing you a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Dance. 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 Dance.